Hi, this is Robin Williams, and you're listening to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. I did good, huh? Now I'm a lineman! <laughs> Hit me. From Studio P, Sausalito, home of the hit, it's time for... Succotash. The number one comedy podcast about comedy... Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast commentator, Mark Hershon. Yes, this is Mark Hershon, and it is Epi 52 of Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. First off, thanks to everyone who commented, tweeted, emailed, and otherwise gave me some feedback on last week's Epi 51.5, which I was calling my I-5 Extra episode. It was experimental, really, just me recording myself as I drove back to San Francisco from Los Angeles up Interstate 5. Adam Spiegelman from Proudly Resents referred to it as a state-of-the-podcast podcast, and it is pretty inside baseball, probably. But people seem to like it, so maybe I'll try it again on my next road trip. And it gives me the confidence to play maybe a little bit more between clips of the regular podcast, so we'll see where that goes. One thing it did was increase the number of clip submissions I normally get. At least for this week, I got about four or five clips sent in, whereas I normally just get one or two, so thanks for those. My next feature I might shut down, even though I've only been doing it since the start of the year. It's the Top 10 Stitcher Comedy Podcast Countdown. And the reason I may stop doing it, at least as a regular thing every episode, is that there is virtually no movement in the Top 10 show week to week. It's weird. And uh, bear in mind that I ended up skipping a week last week, so here they are. At number 10, Death Squad, down one. At number 9, Doug Loves Movies, up four. Real Time with Bill Maher is at number 8, down 2. The Smodcast holds steady at 7. At 6 is The Nerdist, which is down 1. More Stories with Jay Moore, up 3 to number 5. At number 4, still, is the NPR Car Talk Podcast. I will say nothing more about that one. Number 3, WTF with Mark Marin. At number 2, The Adam Carolla Show, at, uh, that's down 1, which means what? Joe Rogan Experience is number 1. It's up 1, which means... Damn it! I missed Joe Rogan slipping out of first place last week, but he's back, so everything's cool. You know, in episode 51, I mentioned that I might try adding the bottom 10 in the comedy podcast list, the bottom 100, the bottom of the 100. So let's do that right now and see how that goes. At 91, Beauty and the Beast with Joey Diaz and Felicia Michaels. That's down 10 from the previous week. At number two, Laugh Out Loud from CBC Radio in Canada. That's up ten, up nine. At 93, the best show on WFMU with Tom Sharkling is up five. At 94, the Pod F Tomcast has not moved. That's where it is since last week. At 95, Walking the Room, plus two. That's up two. At 96, the Ricky Gervais Podcast. That's dropped 13 points. At 97, Alonzo Bowden, who's paying attention, is up 29 at 98, Dining with Doug and Karen, down 31. 99 is the 76th Street Pod. That's down four from last week. And finally, at number 100, the bottom of the list is hashtag we nerd hard down one point. Well, it's certainly bigger swings than we see at the top. Maybe we'll just do those bottom 10 from now on. Who knows? Maybe even Succotash will get in there one of these days if we stay down there. Hey, it's Christine Blackburn with a story-worthy podcast. You're listening to Succotash with Mark Hershon. Mm.
My question. All right, let's uh, let's get to the clips. Uh, and the first clip is from comedian Jake Johansson. His podcast is called Jake This of Jake Johansson, and it's pure Jake. Even when he has guests, it's got that Jake feel to it. I used to hang out with Jake Johansson and the guest he has on as well this episode, Bobby Slayton, quite a lot, as we all used to be hanging out in the San Francisco comedy scene, but I have not seen either of those gentlemen for a while. Glad to see they're still at it. They were both at the Aspen Comedy Festival recently, and Bobby recounts part of a story from when he got to have dinner with Woody Allen. It was a great dinner. And it wasn't, you know, the only time Woody really was Woody, when you saw that Woody character, was when I got up, I was drinking wine, and I got up to pee like three times over the three hour, course of a three hour dinner. And um, Woody never peed, he just drank a couple of beers. And I said after dinner, I said, you know, it's amazing to me that a guy your age, you know. You say this to him. Yeah, I said, I'm a guy, I'm a lot younger, but I said, I got up to pee. I said, you had two beers, and he didn't pee for three hours. He didn't get up once. And he goes, that's one of my attributes. Yeah, I mean, that whole Woody Allen kind of, that's where the Woody Allen, you know, from the movies came out. But anyway, so what was really funny, I said to... uh, Does he laugh? Do you make him laugh? Yeah, he was, I told him a couple of very funny stories, I think, and Woody was listening and laughing. Very pleasant, talkative man. Nothing that I can tell. He tell a couple of stories? He make you laugh? Not that you, I don't want you to betray any confidence or anything, but... You know what, I I, I don't even remember. Yeah, he told me, God, what, I don't even remember. But what was even better was... um, um, I was telling Lewis Black, talking about having dinner with Woody Allen. I said, maybe the next time I come to town, you can come over, we'll do it again. And I said to Woody, uh, I, for some reason, Lewis Black's name came up, because I love that guy. <laughs> you said Lewis Black the, during the first dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And Woody said, yeah, yeah, I love that guy. And uh, I said, well, maybe next time I come to town, I'll invite Lewis over. And he goes, oh, I love that. I said, you know, David Brenner lives in town. Maybe I'll invite David up. Woody goes, that'd be great. So, a few months ago, I was in New York to get David Brenner and Louis Black in town and Woody. Well, he's always in town. But my friend set up another dinner, invited Woody and his wife, and Woody brought Dick Cavett, and then I brought Louis Black and David Brenner. And, you know, my friend Jeff. I can't even, you know, this is the thing. I don't even think I could, I would love to go to that dinner, but I don't even, I couldn't handle it. Well, I don't think it, I could sit in that room and make conversations. It was with just everybody was I mean, so with you comfortable. and Lewis, sure, of course. Well, it was very comfortable because now I know. No, I knew Woody and Lewis and, and David have been around for so long. They met everybody, so they were everybody's telling stories. And then Cavett would, you know, very quiet. And, you know, you know, he tell a little story. Oh, he's got a million stories. A million stories. And 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 uh, but then they invited David Blaine. Jeff invited the magician David Blaine. So David. Very quiet during the whole dinner. And then about after two hours after dinner, we sat there for a good two hours. And me and Lewis drank a lot of wine. And a lot of wine. And the food, you know, big, beautiful spread. So you're not shy about having a couple of drinks either. You're not, you're not, it's not like, hey, Woody Allen, I better hold back. You go ahead and go for it and have a good time. I don't want to, just because I don't want to, uh, you know, say how much we drank, but I, I, I don't know how much Lewis drank. I know between us, I called the next day and they said four bottles of wine were consumed. I mean, Lewis were the only ones drinking. He might have only had one bottle. I mean, I don't know. But we both walked out of there perfectly so. You drank at least a bottle of wine, though. Me and Lewis, there were four bottles. We were the only ones drinking at the table. Wow. So you're bottles. having a good time. You're loose. You're as loose as you're going to get. But right? There was no drunkenness. And, and, and yeah, No, I know. I know. We, me and Lewis walked out. I, I said, see you later. I mean, I remember How many having, hours were you there? We were there for three, and then me and, Lu- me and Lewis stayed for another hour just talking to Jeff after everybody else left, and we probably drank another bottle. But um, um, but here was a great thing, was after this three-hour dinner, 
um, or two hours, two hours dinner, two and a half hour dinner. David Blaine, who was very quiet, said, who wants to see some card tricks? And Woody, I guess, had done some dabbled in amateur magic. And, and Dick Cabot, too. Had. Well, Cabot more. I, I guess somebody told me Woody might have, too. But uh, Cabot was an amateur magician. So, but who doesn't like good card tricks? And I've seen some of the best, you know, Ricky Jen. But, right, but you're in a room. Well, uh, but Dave okay. Copperfield is like, he's, this is a guy who's made locomotives disappear. <laughs> right. But this is David Blaine, not Copperfield. Or David Blaine. Okay, sorry. My bad. Oh, but they were just card tricks, <clears throat> and I've seen a lot of card tricks. And wait, David Blaine is the guy who does. He does the, the oh, the spooky, he, he, like, he doesn't uh, breathe for a year and suspends himself. Doesn't eat for a month over. Yeah. That was I. My apologies to both of those guys because yeah. they're both great, and I feel bad. Well, I'm a moron. I never knew what. But Blaine was just showing us tricks that were so incredulous, and so my mind. And I'm sure a lot of musicians would go, "Well, you know, that's just a takeoff on the old, but out of the ass trick." And you know, there's all these different. Tricks. Oh, I know. Well, I got a friend, David uh, or uh, Derek Hughes, who. It, is he comes over to my house and he he'll, he'll do they love to do magic but tricks I've like seen that. a lot of greats and this stuff was it, anyway well, when you, when you're right there and it's the, the guy it's a deck of cards <clears> in the guy's hand and you're standing right there and all at once you well, get what was amazing just we're all standing around him all of us you know Jeff and Cabot and Sunyi and Woody and you know and 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 Lewis and Brenner and after all these drinks and all this talk and all these comedians we were all there wasn't a word it, it was like. Except for, fuck, shit, did you see that? No. David what Blaine was Satan? just you blowing were... everyone's minds. Yeah, it was amazing, the tricks yeah. that he was doing. I mean, I, it's not worth explaining them on the radio, and it's not worth, you know, you look at a card, and you don't tell him, and then he picks the card, and it's across the room. It's stuff that just is Well, it's like, it's like the super grown-up <laughs> celebrity version of that thing that used to happen when you're at... You know, you, when you're in your 20s or teens and it's a big party, everybody's having a good time, and then one guy pulls out a guitar and can play, and then he gets the hottest chick. Everybody else is amazed, and it's like, holy shit. It was pretty astounding. Wow. Could you imagine having dinner with Woody Allen and the rest of those folks? Ooh, man. I would have been in the same position as Jake, I think. I, I would not have been able to think of a single thing to add to that conversation. Catch more of Jake Johansson at jakethis.com. He's also on iTunes and on Stitcher Smart Radio. We are on Stitcher Smart Radio as well. That's right. Look for Succotash and thumbs up us if you get a chance. Next up is the ADD Comedy Podcast. David Rosowski is the host, creative force, and backbone of the ADD Comedy Podcast, which was created by producer Ian Foley. They talk to a lot of comedians, most of whom uh, have come out of the ranks of improv, but also actors and writers, strangely enough, also from the world of improv. David did a great interview with screenwriter Carl Gottlieb, who you may know from um, hearing him as the writer of, uh, well, does MASH ring a bell, perhaps, or uh, The Jerk with Steve Martin. In this clip, Gottlieb recounts how he ended up helping Steven Spielberg rewrite the script, for Jaws. Uh, the, the guys who created the Playwrights Theater in Chicago. Right. One of them was an actor in the committee in the, the company I was in, a guy named Roger Bowen. Sure. Was at Playwrights Theater. Right. You know, before Paul Sills ever thought of improvising. And a great actor in yeah. MASH. And a great actor in MASH. Oh, my God. And his daughter was, uh, his daughter worked at Second City when I was over there. Oh. Um, for, I cannot remember her name, but boy, she was so nice. Yeah. And Roger Bowen is a great, was a great actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was wonderful. Yeah, left too early. He left too early. 60s? In his 60s? Yeah, if that. If that. Uh, yeah, yeah, because he died in, I don't know, in 1990-something? Yeah, I was at Second City, and I remember, right. I remember. I think that his, his daughter was there at that time, yeah. too. Um, but, boy, his... When I think about what he did in, in M.A.S.H., 
there's just a naturalism to his performance there. It's very funny. He was, with, you know, most of the scenes were with uh, Gary Berghoff, the only guy who made the transition to the TV series for some reason. Right. Uh, inexplicable. Right. But Gary Gary Berghoff was, uh, you know, a self-serving, uh, you know, self-obsessed actor. Sure. And had a, you know, kind of disagreeable habit of upstaging people. Uh, and if he had a two, she was in a two-shot with Roger, he would like, you know, edge. <laughs> Back so that Roger had to you know, tur turn away from Karen. So, so Roger, rather than complain to Altman, who basically left us to our own devices, he, mm -hmm. that's why he Altman hired so many improvisational actors right. for that movie. Roger uh, would, you know, they walked in, in the blocking. He you know walks in or Berghoff comes in, comes up to him, and Roger would step on his foot. <laughs> And stand on his foot so he so he couldn't move <laughs> and play the scene. So you know from the waist up you can't see and and Gary you know couldn't upstage him and they, and, and Roger was a was a savvy old actor and yeah. knew, knew how to protect himself. Right, right, right. I I think about because my my background is is and my background and my and my current ground is so much improvisation and working with so many improv actors and just being able to uh, to take a situation like that and say, what do we need right now? And, and also to surround myself with people that will help me with that. And then what ends up happening is you get someone like um, Altman who, who will hire everybody because everybody does work so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Altman did it, Richard Lester did it, a couple other directors, not many, you know, I mean, Spielberg does it a lot. I mean, he, he doesn't hire imp improvising actors, but he hires a lot of locals, right? Which give his his pictures a certain authenticity. Well, certainly and, Jaws, and certainly in Jaws, yeah. Right, and there's another thing for you in Jaws where you you didn't have a, a meeting with somebody, and you were. Uh, so my understanding is that you were you were just cast in the the movie, mm -hmm. and then while you were there, he said, "Was that how it worked?" It, 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 or you hadn't started filming yet. We hadn't started filming yet. He, mm -hmm. he said, "I'm doing this this script," and he sent me a copy of the script, mm -hmm. and, and I I wrote him a long note, single spaced, two page memo about the script. Right. He asked you for that. Yeah, I I have still have my copy of some early draft of Jaws, with Steve's scrawl on the cover saying "Eviscerate it!" Exclamation. <laughs> oh, point. that's awesome. So I so I did right, and then he said, you know, you 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 should be there, help with the extras, do comedy, you know, lighten it up the the crowd scenes, and you know, and work as an actor. Yeah, you like see that. a part for yourself, and I went through the script. I was counting lines like a good actor, <laughs> and the part of Meadows was a good part. Right. So I I decided to. Uh, he said, well, I was thinking of hiring a woman for that, but uh, you yeah you can do it. You have to get go through studio casting, but you know, shouldn't be a problem. So I got cast as Meadows. Right. And then Stephen was uh, in pre-production meetings, uh, getting close to principal photography. Uh, in it was uh, April of '74. I had written the memo in like January, so in, in late early April, I think I was already working on the Odd Couple, and I get a phone call on a Sunday morning saying it's from Stephen saying, "Hey, I'm at the Bel Air Hotel having." Breakfast with Zanuck and Brown, mm -hmm. and I showed them your memo, and they'd like to meet you and talk to you about doing a rewrite. There's a little helping of the ADD Comedy Podcast, which you can find at the ADD Comedy Tour. 
Facebook.com. It's also on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. I'm Dylan Brody. You're listening to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. Do something else. Friends of Succotash and podcast royalty Dean Haglin and Phil Lairness continue to fascinate with their Chill Pack Hollywood Hour podcast. They get into an X-Files memorabilia discussion by way of an email they got from a listener in this clip. So give a listen. Dear Lord, let's get started, <laughs> shall we? Actually, we'll begin with a, uh, an email from a listener. Oh, let's do that. And this is one of the reasons we do say that it's your Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. Mm-hmm. Hi, Dean. Hi. As a oh, fan, that's the email. It's <laughs> an email. Over but that's again. fine. Okay. As a fan of the X-Files, Thank you. your character, yes. and a collector of X-Files props. Oh, hello. I was really curious to know whether you saved any X-Files props or other cool memorabilia from the show. Mm-hmm. I understand from the LAX Files book... Yes. You definitely. That was, the book was uh, Erica Fraga, wasn't Erica it? Erica Fraga with the donations going to Kim Manor's uh, cancer charity. Yeah. Lovely, that Erica yeah. Fraga. She's a wonderful lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saved, uh, I understand from the LAX Files books, you definitely have kept a few key items. And if you had any pictures, you could send along sometime. Ah. I really enjoy researching some of these screen used pieces i'm not sure what that means i make movies and i don't know what that means I, it's screen used as know. they make up such a part of the history of the show thanks for your time keep up the great work and best regards matt stefanik hey matt stefanik. i'm gonna say stefanik uh as opposed to stefanik yeah i go with stefanik uh from burlington ontario yes lovely burlington that's uh canada that is canada from yeah. where from where you hail well, not Burlington per se. No, but, yeah. but I hail from Canada. Canada, yes. Uh, well, you know, the what do you have? What have yeah. you? Uh, I know you have props. I know you have uh, things like glasses and. Well, and that's the thing. The gunman didn't have a lot of props. I mean, we had computers, and laptops. Stuff, but, yeah, but those you've were, got a lot of burned out laptops. I got a lot of burned out. Lap- not from the show, though. I actually sh- sold the show laptop oh. a long time ago online. And you've been really uh, kind about giving away stuff to charity yes. and, and all this sort of stuff. Uh, scripts. Uh, you've not held on to the past in that way. No. You, uh, you embody what it is to move towards the new and the fresh and the vital. Look at me. What about photos? Uh, uh, production photos? Uh, Behind-the-scenes well, photos? Know, I, I did bring a camera to set once or twice, but I never did it because Tom Braidwood, the other uh, gunman, who played Fro Hickey, and the first AD had a camera on set every day. He said he's got between two to 3,000 b- backstage pictures that he's never shown anybody. And I've talked to him many a time, and Tom, if you're listening, this is our chance to do a book of all of those fantastic photos of from season one, like before the show was a hit, he was taking pictures of Duchovny and Jillian and everybody just hanging out in their trailers and the lunch area. It's quite a phenomenal collection, that, that even just the part that I've seen. Did you see that uh, Mr. Duchovny is in a Russian submarine movie that yes. opens March 1st with Ed that, Harris? Ed Harris. Doesn't that look exciting? It's Grey Lady Down meets... K-19 The Widowmaker. A Hunt for Red October. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't seen the trailer. I couldn't muster the enthusiasm to I, I see the trailer. I don't think he has a, a Russian accent. Even the... though he plays like the head of the KGB or something. Yeah, but uh, it's, I think they do the same thing in the way Sean Connery got around his Russian accent with a Scottish accent. By being Sean Connery? <laughs> yes, exactly. By speaking one line of Russian. I and... study the native dialect <laughs> of whatever role I am playing for six months. 
I studied an authentic Russian accent so that when the time came, I could say, today we sail into history. When I played an American general in the film Presidio, I worked with a dialect coach for nine months to lose any trace of my Scottish brogue so that when the time came, I could say, Welcome to the Presidio. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid that's sort of it, isn't it? That that's it. By the way, that was Sean Connery, not David Duchovny. <laughs> I was doing <laughs> That was the worst Duchovny accent I ever heard. So awful. really, yeah, you did not, uh, you don't have any photos, and you haven't had uh, any photos that have been sent to you or well, given uh, to you? Or? Yeah, there's been a couple, and they're up on my Facebook page. You see a lot of those. Uh, see, now, I would think that... Uh, for example, the ones that uh, Tom did, yeah. these all obviously were done on 35-millimeter film. Yes. So do you have any prints of anything laying around that has not made it into a digital format? Yet? I have one of us on the Lone Gunman set that Tom took that he gave to me in a little 3 by 5 It's just me and Zuleika Robinson standing by our trailers, and we're talking, and we just look up, and he takes a picture of us from his desk. One. Just one. I know. <laughs> wow. That's all I needed. Uh no, I, as you said, I, I sold a lot. I gave away a lot to charity at the conventions. I think the only thing I have remaining now is at the end of the um, uh, Gunman, or at the end of the X-Files, Frank and Chris and Vince and John Scheiben all got together and they printed up on newsprint an actual Lone Gunman newspaper. And it says uh, the three are, are heralded for their many years of service and it's sort of a fake newspaper with us on it, and they gave that. That is great. That is great, and I have that framed. I've kept that, and I don't think that's ever been reprinted anywhere. And then, uh, of course, my seat back, you know, in your director's chair, everybody signed that, including David Duchovny. He says, I'm sorry we never had a sex scene together. Signed David Duchovny. Which, if, if anyone needed more proof that he had an addiction. <laughs> I know, because he said, hey, did you read that? I'm serious. Uh, more amazing, perhaps, than the fact that Chill Pack's been around for about four years now is the fact that they still have a page on MySpace. Hmm, I wonder what that's about. <laughs> you, can, you can find them on MySpace. You can also find them at ChillPackHollywoodHour.com. Chill Pack is C-H-I-L-L-P-A-K, HollywoodHour.com. They're on iTunes, they're on Stitcher, and you can find some other places as well. Thank, uh, thanks, guys, for sending in that clip. Got a clip in from the guys over at Too Heavy to Skydive, which is still one of my favorite podcast titles out there. Uh, that's uh, Alex, Eric, Andrew, Neil, and Mike. They're not all on this clip, however. Uh, this is their interview with Kai, no last name, who you may have seen on the internet a couple of weeks ago when he stopped a rampaging guy by pulling out a hand axe. <laughs> yeah, so here's, uh, here's their version of an interview with Kai. Hey everybody, Matt here from over at TooHeavyToSkydive.com. Today in studio we have a very, very special hitchhiking hero. Um, you know, I'm going to let him introduce himself. Go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm Kai. Kai, that's an interesting name. Is that is that like K-Y or? K-I. Wow, very unique name. Where'd that name originate? Straight out of Dogtown. Dogtown, alright, cool. How do you spend most of your time out there in Dogtown? Skateboarding, surfing it up. All right. Sounds like a pretty extreme lifestyle. I like it. Yeah. All right, cool. Now that we got to know you a little bit better, Kai, um, I mean, there, there's a few hot topics that I'd like to talk to you about. What do you want to talk about? You know, I'm just, I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, it's, it's not a secret. 
you don't like Fred. Yeah. As most of our listeners know, me and Fred are uh, great friends, you know, um, in the studio, outside of the studio. So I, I'd really, I'd love an explanation. You know, I'd love to get kind of both sides of the story. Before I say anything else, I want to say no matter what you've done, you deserve respect. Even if you make mistakes, you're lovable. And it doesn't matter your look skills or age or size or anything, you're worthwhile. Shit. That guy ain't. Wow. That is a harsh statement. I don't know what happened between you guys, but I'm sure it's nothing that can't be talked out. Let, let me give you his number. I can't call it. What do you mean you can't call it? Do you not have a phone? No, bro. I don't have anything. <laughs> okay, so you don't have a phone. But I'm sure you could probably borrow one from a friend or family member. I don't have any family. Well, what about friends? You have to have friends. As far as anybody I grew up with is concerned, I'm already dead. Wow, that's, that's pretty sad. It really sounds like you have kind of a dark side. Yeah. All right, moving on. Before we move on to the next set of questions, is, is that your soda? Yeah. Here, I'm going to go ahead and get that out of the way. Do not fucking move that shit, otherwise you bleed out. Okay, okay, all right. Calm down there, Kai. Next question. Shit. How big is the biggest girl you've ever slept with? Fuck 300 pound chick. Whoa, seriously? You're in the 300 club? Good for you. Shit. Well, don't leave us hanging, man. How was it? It was like the biggest wave I've ever ridden in my life. And on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up, Kai. Uh, thanks for joining us here at Too Heavy to Skydive. What'd you think? Yeah, this is fucking gnarly, man. Uh, thanks. I think. In addition to being able to catch them at TooHeavyToSkydive.com, iTunes and Stitcher, those guys also podcast live every Sunday afternoon out of the Pump House Bar and Grill in Wood River, Illinois. So if you're in Wood River, you can go see them do their thing live and in person. Think of that. Pat O'Rourke invites people into his kitchen every week and I guess gets along with all of them because his podcast is called Making New Friends. He sent this clip along and maybe I lost some notes along the way because even though I checked the website, I'm, I'm not sure who his new friend is here, but uh, let's, uh, let's hear him make one. Hey, hi, hi. Hello, hello, hi. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey. I'm so sorry. I hate your taste. I, 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 oh, okay. It's I okay. No, it's, it's fine. I'm so sorry. It's fine, buddy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's my, it's totally, that's all of, that's all of my faults. That's all of my faults right there. That I hate, I hate your table. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's okay. So sorry. Hey, man. Hey, don't worry about it. Don't just sit down and relax. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yep, yep. I, I, I see you still have that uh, cup of Dunkin' Donuts coffee I, in your hand. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, did you want it? Do you need anything else? Did, no. Did, did you, you, you just... want? You want? Did you want it? Did, you can have. You could totally have it. You no, I don't. I, I don't. No, dude. I'm no, great. I'm great. Just, see, I got my mug. I got my mug. Oh, that's great. You, you, you know, you just uh, take the top off and, and, you, and you fill it. I don't need. I just don't. I don't. I don't. Need it. No. I don't it's need okay. It. It's, it's fine. Okay. I have. A, I'm. I'm totally fine. I have. Oh yeah. Are you an avid reader? I. It's okay. Yeah. What was the last book you read? Uh, Lord of the Rings. Who is your favorite character? Uh, Bilbo. Bilbo. You're a big Bilbo guy. I really connect with Bilbo. A lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. Great. Yeah. And he wow. turned into something amazing. He was almost like a hero. I don't think I could ever do a hero, but, you, you know. You could be. Sure. You're, I'm sure you can be a hero. Like, uh, <sighs> volunteer your time somewhere, you know. Uh, I, give, uh, I, I volunteered for Big Brothers, Big Sisters once. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to call myself a hero, but, you know, oh, it's kids, you're helping out. Kids, they, they would hate me. Kids would, oh, kids, no, right? kids would hate, hate you. Sure. They're just, would, what? Oh, they're just so intimidating. Kids. <laughs> oh, oh, kids are, you're scared of kids. Oh, oh, I feel like I'm back on the bus already. I, I'm telling you this, I'm scared Ooh. of having kids. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, could you imagine being a dad? What was your dad like? Oh, he was a big guy. Oh, he was a big man. A big man? He was a big man. He was six foot eight. He was a professional wrestler. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yeah. 
can you can you do a impression of your father for me? Oh, I would love to hear. God, I haven't done this in months, but uh... hey, brother, <laughs> this Whoa. is Big John Jim here, and I know everybody around here has been talking lots of trash, but let me tell you one thing: the big Jimmy's gonna do. He's gonna take out the trash. That's what he's gonna do this weekend at the Dalton Arena in Raleigh, North Carolina. He's gonna take out the trash. So that's my dad. Oh wow! So what, wait, was he like the garbage man? What was his alias? No, he was taking out the trash because his biggest rival was the uh, uh, what was it, Billy Trash. Billy Trash Donovan, Billy Trash Man Donovan. Oh, yeah, I remember Billy Trash Man Donovan. Billy Trash Man Donovan. So he was like, I'm going to take out the trash. And then Billy Trash Man Donovan was like, Mercy, no, you won't. Ah, I like that, right? Yeah, I remember those days. Oh, those were the days. Yeah, I used to, uh, every once in a while, uh, me and my step-step-mom would uh, go and see Dad. Uh, We'd see him wrestle every once in a while, so it was... uh, Oh, what was that experience like? Did did I you understand as a kid? Uh, wrestling, yes. No. Step step mom, no. <laughs> oh, 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 really? Yeah, I didn't really get her that oh, lot. What did you, when uh, Janet uh, Lynn? Who, Janet Janet Lynn. Yeah. When did your father uh, marry her? Marry your uh, I think I was I was ten, ten, eleven years old. I believe. I don't know. I I tried to sleep through the ceremony, so but I don't really remember. <laughs> How long was she part of your life for? Six months. Six? Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. So your father didn't, uh, he didn't stay, stay married long? Did you get out of my house right now? That's, that's what he said to her. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully he was never violent or anything, was he? No, it was all fake punches. That's all he could ever do. (laughs) Would he fake punch your stepmom? Yeah, he he was really good at it. But, you know, because I think a lot of people have the misconception that, like, you know, a character is a wrestler. But, I mean, for the most part, they're just being themselves. And that's that was dead. Come on down for dinner. Your tuna's getting cold. And I'd be like, Dad, tuna's always going to be like, But it's tuna helper. It's supposed to stay warm. You know, what happened to uh, your mother? My real mom? Mm-hmm. Ugh, well, um, you sure you don't want this coffee? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm just sitting there getting cold now. I know. You should take a bit. I know. I but just talking about your mother getting you a little... I mean, what? But is she, she? The way you talk about her doesn't seem like she's part of your life anymore. No, I just know her from uh, pictures. Sore subject for dad. Yeah, yeah. He, Sore subject. What for did dad. your dad? Did your dad ever cry? If he did, it was really hard to tell. Because I mean, every once in a while, you know, like I would go to bed and I thought I was having nightmares because I would just hear. <laughs> That's crying. I don't. So that's making new friends. Pat O'Rourke. You can find him along with a bundle of other shows at peachesandhotsauce.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio. Uh, you know, we try to get play a new fresh spot from our sponsor, Henderson's Pants, as often as we can. Unfortunately, this week we're going to have to do a, a rerun. So here's uh, here's that word featuring our friend Bill Haywatt. 
Oh, Brad, I wish this moment could last forever. Oh, I wish it would too, Letitia. But you'll have to excuse me. I have to go to the bathroom. Jack Bauer wouldn't have to go to the bathroom, especially at a time like this. Jack Bauer? The guy from 24? In eight seasons, that guy saved the world over 23 times and never once had to spoil the moment by having to go to the bathroom. Gee, I wish I could be more like Jack Bauer. Me too, Brad. The wedding's off. Now you can control your bladder just like TV special agent Jack Bauer with the Bow Trow from Henderson's, modeled after the actual trousers worn by Jack Bauer of the hit TV show 24. The Bow Trow allows the wearer up to 24 hours of complete bowel and bladder control without pain, discomfort, or permanent damage to sensitive intestinal or urinary tracts. Before Bowtrow, avoiding embarrassing moments like these could only be achieved after months of difficult exercises, painful catheterization, or bulky adult diapers. But now, thanks to the same fabrics used on U.S. government restraining tables, the Bowtrow gently but firmly puts that call of nature on hold, freeing you up to save the world or just your little piece of it. It's a beautiful moon tonight, Brad. And if you'll notice, we've been staring at it for over six hours. Yes. Thank, Thank you, Bowtrow. Bowtrow from Henderson's. Innovation in trousers and pantaloons since 1896. And now back to more of Suckatash. All right. Thank you, Bill. Uh, it's time now for the Tweet Sack. Oh, I missed the Tweet Sack in last week's special I-5 edition. Um... Didn't have any of the other production bells and whistles you usually have. So we're back in the sweet, into the into the sweet tweet sack this week. Uh, first up is a note from our friend Charlie Miller down at the uh, uh, RVS podcast, the Random Variety Show podcast. He is an acting teacher, and uh, if you are in the um, in the uh, San Diego area, he will begin teaching classes starting March 12th. So I told him I'd give him a shout out about that. So uh, if you're interested in, uh, if you're serious about your acting, you're looking for someone who really knows what he's doing, uh, check out Charlie's class. They're looking for serious actors only who are looking to sharpen their skills. And uh, you can reserve your spot in Charlie Miller's class. They, uh, they're every Tuesday starting March 12th through April 30th, 7 to 10 p.m., Cost is just 30 bucks a week, which is a pretty damn good deal. You can reach Charlie at 619-335-5150. That's 619-335-5150 to reserve your spot in Charlie Miller's acting class. And uh, Charlie, hope uh, hope you get some students. That'd be fan- well, I'm sure you'll get students, but I hope you get some from me talking about your class. Hello, I'm Charlie Miller. And I'm Groucho Marx, and together we do the Random Variety Show podcast. And you're listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. Elsewise, in the tweet sack from Pod Awkward, uh, episode 37 with guest Ryan Buds is up. We talk comedy, relationships, and Power Rangers. Get on it, podlings. That's from our friends at podquard.com. So check out their podcast. From At Mental Poison, remember to send us your topics for tomorrow's live show well this is for monday so if we miss this monday it'll be on next monday tune in mondays at 8 p.m eastern standard time 
And again, that's mentalpoison.com, and they're looking for your topics. So check that out. From uh, at, ha- at The Half Scoop, they have a new episode up. The Half Scoop podcast number 32 is now available for your listening pleasure. Yes, it is. So look for them at thehalfscoop.podbean.com and get yourself some episode 32 of The Half Scoop. From Seven Days a Geek, cutting another fine episode of Podcasting 101 with <gasps> what? At Succotash Show. That's right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to be uh, soon heard on um, one of their Podcasting 101 shows over at Seven Days a Geek. And uh, they also ask if I can give them a link to the Henderson's Pants SoundCloud. Well, there are a lot of clouds coming out of Henderson's Pants. None of them are sound. Uh, we do have some spots, however, if you want to hear isolated Henderson spots. Um, they are up at Chirbit.com. That's C-H-I-R-B-I-T. Dot com And just to do a search for Succotash, and uh, I think there's three or four spots up there, so you can find those there. From at Inverse Delirium, here the host of <gasps> what? At Succotash Show, do sketch comedy. What? At Hirschko, hey, that's me, joins the Inverse Delirium podcast for crossover fun. That's at InverseDelirium.com. Uh, yes, and uh, spoiler alert, I do the voice of the weather emergency uh robo dial phone thing so uh that's my uh, that's my contribution to that so enjoy that over at inversedelirium.com and here is a litany of the folks that kindly mentioned succotash show in their tweets this week i'm going to leave off the at symbol i think all of us who use twitter realize that that's redundant uh emilio rosal projectors pod stand-up chronic Sup Dude Podcast, PF66, Royal and Doodle, the RVS Podcast, Don't Quit Your Day, Amanda Lumba Jr., X-Ray.fm, Dead Men Walking, Jagged Podcast, Brit and American, Benjamin Bub, Hey Snowflake, Cranky Mom of Two, Phil Ernest, Tiny Odd Conversations, WFO Dicks, Pod Cheese, Bill Mayer, Hiding from My Wife, Sweet Feathery Jesus, Combat Radio, and Tyson Saner. Thanks so much uh, for uh, talking kindly and including us in your links, your follow Fridays, and all the rest of the stuff you do to help uh, get the word out about Succotash. We love it to death. Hey, this is Ethan of Combat Radio. Now, most of you have absolutely no taste when it comes to radio, so I'm going to correct all that. Listen to the Succotash Show, the comedy podcast podcast, and get your life together. Now, I think the sup. Dude podcast is from England, so it kicks off our triple shot British invasion clips. This show, uh, there's a lot of podcasts uh, around the world, and for some reason, uh, a lot of those guys, at least over in England, have found this show. So we love getting their clips. AJ and Nathan host a show about a bunch of stuff, and yet seem to almost always have time to review a James Bond movie. Here they are getting into Her Majesty's Secret Service, starring that one-off. Uh, Bond, George Lazenby. Um, okay, so yeah, we, we watched On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Pretty good. I didn't remember too much of it. I you really liked it. Yeah, no, I liked it. It was um, good. There were some bits where slightly cheesier than um, Connery, but in general, I found that the, the, he was a lot less rapey. He was. He was. He was. He was the smooth customer. He was a gentleman. He was. Yeah. No, compared to Connery, who's like general kind of um, you know method of attracting a woman was to judo flip her. Or, you know, just force himself on her in some kind of, like, creepy way by threatening her job security. Yeah. You know, Lazenby's a perfect gentleman. Well, yeah, whereas this one, which is kind of like, ha, I've saved you. Fuck off. 
Well, okay, fine. Well, I'll save you again. Fuck off. You're not getting a hint. I quite like you. Look, we just fine. Look, okay, fine. I'll go on a date with you. Yeah, see, so, you know, he <laughs> just stop a, saving me. He's a gen- you know, he did something rather than just like not, you know, other than just like decide like, ooh, hello, you know. So he's a, he's a gen- I like I I liked him. I can re- like I say I can remember it from when I watched it. Well, before, technically, we went from rapist to obsessive. Uh, I don't know. He can't. Yeah, it was a little bit. He was sort of following that girl towards the beginning, but you know, she came around. They got married. You know, briefly. Five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, you know, it's you know, he was kind of, you know, and he, it was sort of, you know, he actually fell in love rather than just being like, damn, you know, in his usual way. So it was it was, it was a bit of character development there. For um, the whole one film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get, next week we're on Roger Moore, so that's all going out the window. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I dug it. The filming style, I think, was a little bit better. There was a lot more kind of quicker cuts and stuff, and found in the early ones especially like what we talked about before with Goldfinger yeah like with the fight scenes where you know where he's fighting Oddjob in the um in the vault which is like <laughs> kind of a couple of long on. shots and yeah, yeah that well there's these fighting scenes you know slightly different sort of well, is it, uh, I think it's a different dire- director anyway but yeah. um just the style of it was a little bit more it seemed a little bit more modern you know with sort of quite faster cuts closer camera angles and yeah I thought there like was a, a slight overuse of the let's speed it up I did notice that a little bit but and, and, but of course, yeah. they they went from that into let's now make them time jump. It's like he's on the floor now; he's flying a bond. How the hell did he get from <laughs> A to B without moving at all? It was bizarre. Well, you know, you got it. They're trying to keep up the rhythm and stuff, which is you know, it's interesting. But you know, I, I dug that. The fight scenes, like I say, were a bit better. Oh yeah, there was some. Uh, there was there was still some judo flips. There still were some judo flips. You know, you're not going to uh, completely um you know discount the judo. It's kind of his due. Um. I wouldn't mind seeing the like the old school Bond doing Krav Maga or something. <laughs> just literally, as the guy runs up to him, just snaps his neck. Job done. Right, move, move on. Is yeah. that Krav Maga? <laughs> <laughs> That's the one move in Krav Maga. <laughs> <laughs> just snaps someone's neck. I mean, it's probably pretty effective. But <laughs> how, do you, how do you practice that? <laughs> it's like, do you want to spar? No, God no. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's the mo- that's the most effective martial <laughs> art in the world. It's one move. You kill them. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> I may be overselling this as a martial art form. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's quite funny. <laughs> now, I know for the American ear, uh, the English accent can get a little bit uh, tricky to, to listen to unless you're... Uh, you're kind of used to it. Of course, we've had so much English television over here that I think we're getting more and more used to it. But uh, we're going to try that out over the next couple of clips and see how you do. That Subdued Podcast, you can find them at subduedpodcast.tumblr.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook. Adam Barker of Barker Podcast is back with his It's Not Soccer podcasting partner, Billy Belo. Adam didn't send it in a clip, but he did send in where to find this clip in their latest episode, which really is the next best thing when you think about it. I still had to go get it, but at least he told me where to look. It's about a package delivery that happened to a friend that went south. So uh, he's got out and he's picked up the parcel because it's quite heavy. He's got up to the door yeah, and he's put the parcel down okay, because it's quite heavy. So he's pressed the doorbell, pressed the doorbell and he's waiting there and this woman's come to the door. She's opened the door and he can see, like down the uh, hallway, he can see her two kids like, stand at the end. So he's like, oh, you right there, DPD, I've got a parcel for you to deliver. She's like, oh, okay, okay. So he's bent down to pick up the parcel, right? And he's 
top button has popped off from his trousers, yeah? But he wasn't aware that his flies were a little bit undone as well. So he's bent down, picked up the parcel, his button's popped off. As he stood up, his trousers are falling down. (laughs) (laughs) And then he just stood there with his trousers round his knees, right... (laughs) <laughs> holding his parcel, <laughs> looking at the woman, and he said, he was stood there for like 20 years. <laughs> 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 this is what I'd done when he told me I was... Said, well, and you know, you could stand there for like three seconds, but three seconds <laughs> could feel like ten minutes. Yeah. He said, I was stood there for like twenty seconds. He said, the two kids are staring at me. He said, <laughs> me. he said, I didn't know what to do. His arms, his hands were occupied. You know, he couldn't put his trousers up straight away. <laughs> <laughs> and with something that heavy, right? I'll normally say that it's quite heavy. Where do you want me to put it for you? But. And I'll go and put it in the hallway for him, but obviously he couldn't walk because his trousers are around his knees. So he's like, <laughs> take the fucking parcel. <laughs> the, I can see him pulling his trousers up in front of her as well. Sign that, sign that for me while I pull my trousers up. <laughs> what did she say? She just sort of stood there looking at him. <laughs> I imagine it was all like, what the fuck do we do here? <laughs> Or if he said, oh, it would have been even funnier if he had said, look, can you pull my trousers up while I'm holding his pants? <laughs> it would be funny if he turned around and said, can you hold this please? <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> <laughs> but did she not say anything? No, she just looked at him and he was like... <laughs> she thought this was like the usual uh, way yeah. to live with your <laughs> Oh, he does it all the time. <laughs> That's his tactic. Usually they buy me dinner for me. <laughs> 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 Here, i got a package for you. Oh, and something to deliver. <laughs> oh, just the pigeon there. I didn't think that was coming. I swear, I told you, don't tell me that. So yeah. If you told me that before we recorded... Would have lost it, all of that. It, well, I wouldn't have found it as funny, because... Oh. Oh god, that was funny though. I'm quite yeah. I, I did probably, sorry for listening now because I just spent a minute laughing. <laughs> and they, were, they probably could hear. They're anything. laughing as well. I don't think they can hear anything you say because I'm like laughing like a girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't that made my. I'm, I'm actually crying. T- I t- I, look, as soon as he told me on Friday, I said, look, I've got that's to tell like that story. Stuff. Yeah, oh, you can't write that. That's genius. As he stood up, they fell down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, find more of that at itsnotsoccerpodcast.blogspot.com. Also on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. Uh, This next clip is a last-minute entry into this week's show, suggested by the very same Adam Barker, who was featured in the previous clip. He says, this is a great representative of North English humor. I'm going to guess that's humor spelled with a U after the O, right? Uh, it's called Uncle Arthur's Bollocks, and <laughs> Uncle Arthur seems difficult to find out a lot about uh, checking his website. So just enjoy his ranting about fat people here, won't you? 
Are you on a diet or are you one of these wankers that's uh, going on a diet? One of these diets with a name like Atkins, Cambridge or pie and fucking chips. It's all bollocks, you know. The only pounds you lose are the pounds you lose out of your fucking pocket. I used to shag a... Well, sorry, I used to know a dietitian when I was a nurse many, many years ago at Salford Royal. She used to say, eat less, get more exercise. That's all it's about. Eat less, get more fucking exercise. If you can't exercise for any reason, then fucking revel in being a big fat bastard and just get on with it. Get on with eating. There's no wrong with being a bit fat, you know. We're all fucking super obsessed, aren't we? With fucking, oh, it really pisses me off. And, you know, I speak to girls who I work with and the kids are like fucking obsessed with being size zero. What's size fucking zero? What's that all about? Size fucking zero. You know, how can you be size zero? If you were size zero, is that you'd be like infinitesimally, infinitesimally small and you wouldn't fucking even be able to see you. And just having a fucking quick drink of Jack Daniels. I've got a cold. And the only way I can get over a cold is to drink Jack Daniels. Fucking hell. Any fucking excuse. Anyway, so you don't want to be fucking obese like these fucking jokers on the telly who weigh about 150 stone and can't go to bed and eat fucking used quantities of shit all the time. And I've got this fucking illness and I can't stop eating fucking Doritos and fucking dips and chips and burgers and fucking 11 fucking bites of lager. And I've not got a fucking problem. The problem is you're a fat bastard and you eat world. There you go. And I'm not fucking knocking... It must be terrible being that big. It must be fucking tragic. I bet you feel like fucking topping yourself all the time. I'm not fucking... You know, I'm not a bastard. Uh, but... Enough's enough. Fucking, you know, you're... It's fucking too much. I love it when these fucking programmes... Hang on, I'm just scratching my head. I like it on these programmes when they come across and they show them what they've fucking eaten. It's brilliant, isn't it? And we've got the Smith family outside. Smith family fat bastard. And you've got two fat bastards and two fucking kids. It's 2.4 fucking nuclear family. But they're all fucking immense, aren't they? And I, I always feel it's a shame. I mean, us as adults, if we get fat, it don't matter. We wobble about and nobody takes a blind bit of fucking notice. But kids, kids, when they fat, they get fucking bullied and they get picked and they get called names. I fucking hate seeing kids upset me. It's fucking horrible. You Think about that when you're shoving another fucking pie in your kid's fucking face or a fucking pizza or some shit or fucking whatever, 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 whatever. Um, and they, anyway, they get them outside, don't they? They get them outside in the fucking back garden and they'll say to them, and this is what you've eaten this week and it's fucking unbelievable and they'll say like well you've eaten fucking uh, 35 fucking tons of potatoes 17 billion pizzas fucking a, a zillion fucking packets of fucking Doritos and fucking lard and you know that much fucking lard it's fucking amounting a fucking lard if I was fucking that thing that Richard Drapers were fucking about with on fucking close encounters fucking hell it's so uh, Oh, that much. Because they all look surprised, don't they? Have you seen they all look fucking surprised? They all go, oh, we didn't know we'd eaten that. Of course you fucking did, you lying twat. You know, fucking hell, they go to the supermarket. What do they think they're doing? When they pick a, when they pick a fucking packet of fucking instant fucking shite, 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 do they honestly think they're picking a banana up or a fucking apple or 
some nice lean chicken or fucking this. Do they honestly think that? No. They know they're fucking doing it. Uh, but then those, oh, I didn't know we are fucking doing that. It's a fucking shame, bro. Fuck you, it's a shame for you. You go outside and they've eaten fucking, you know, do not realise that a fucking healthy breakfast doesn't consist of fucking 40 fried eggs, a kilo of fucking bacon, fucking beans, sausage, fucking tomatoes, mushrooms, black pudding, 40 slices of fucking fried bread kidney. Um, but what they do then, they say, yeah, but I had some fucking orange juice. I had some fucking orange juice, stupid twat. I had some fucking orange juice. <laughs> that's that's Uncle Arthur, and he does get a bit ranty. Uh, UncleArthur.Podbean.com is where you can find more. He's also on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. And that's going to do it for our uh, our triple shot English thing. We just we had three clips from England. That's all. Nothing nothing out of the ordinary. But uh, just thought I'd put them all together there. This is Travis Clark and Brandy Clark from Tiny, Tiny Odd Conversations. Conversations, and you're listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. Well done. Uh, Jesse P.S. has kicked off his season five of the Pod Awful podcast. Uh, his guest Michael Blazier, B-L-E-J-E-R, Blazier, Blazier is a comedian and host of his own podcast called Malignant Brain Humor. And uh, he, he, uh, they spend part of the uh, kickoff episode trying to track down a fortune teller of sorts that they have been seeing flyers about. So here's uh, Jesse P.S. and Mike. Um, this is something that if, you're, if you live in New York City, you see this one of these all the time, basically. If you're, if you're paying attention to the ads on the New York subway trains, uh, th- this says readings by Teresa. You can see on the cam there. We are live uh, on video, so uh, we've got the we've got live that on the camera. On video uh, readings by Teresa, and she says, "Don't give up." And it's got some crosses. It's got Teresa a bunch of wrote that for Teresa. <laughs> yeah, it says guaranteed results in 24 hours. Um, I am fascinated by these things. It's just some yeah. woman walking around sticking these up on every train. I guess. I guess. Uh, I-, I should do this for my show because yeah. I mean, I, I literally, hey, when I do my show every day, I just think, don't give up. Yeah. Well, I just mean I should post up uh, little flyers everywhere. Yeah, for I think it. you should. Uh, guaranteed results in 24 hours. Now, let's, I, I, I'm very interested in this. You know, I've been going through a very depressed time in my life. Yeah, um, sure. You, you relationship troubles yeah, are hard. My and girlfriend broke up with me. Life. She's she's told me she wants nothing to do with me. Nothing to do. She with doesn't you. want to be my friend. Well, she is I, completely over me. You guys were. She's now for... in love with her new roommate. How long were you guys? What, uh, there's another term for that. But how long were you guys together? A million years, right? Uh, no, it's her roommate. Um, yeah, since we were 13. Okay, so no, we weren't actually together all that time. But um, but you you know, in and out of each other's lives, right? Yeah, yeah. You need it's that's fine. It's fine. You for take you. time. You, well, no, but I'm, say, I'm just saying. Look, you, look. I'm I, saying I need I, help. Yes. Well, yeah. And I think Teresa might be the bitch to give it to. Me. I think so. I think so. Uh, this is what it says. This Southern-born, and you know I'm a Southern man, so I like this already. Yeah. This Southern-born spiritualist who brings to you the solutions to the mysteries of the Deep South. Oh wow. Seeks to help many thousands of people who have been crossed. Have spells, can't hold money, want luck, want their loved ones back, want to stop nature problems, or want to get rid of strange sickness. I'm reading it that way because it's in all caps. Yeah. Um, I think Kanye West wrote this for her. (laughs) 
Now let me finish. If you are seeking a surefire woman to do for you the things that are needed or huh. wish to gain financial aid or peace, love, and prosperity in the home, you need to see this woman of God today. She tells you all before you utter a word. She can bring the spirit of release and control your every affair and dealing. Before you utter a word, which makes it sound like there's a recording. Yeah. <laughs> it just, your problem is AIDS. <laughs> Are you suffering from illness or disease that you cannot cure? There is a doctor of all doctors. This doctor is God. Thousands of I people. It's Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I agree. Thousands of people. Dr. Pepper's my God. Mm. Thousands of people are amazed at the results gotten by Teresa. When your case seems hopeless, there is a remedy for you. Then come to see Teresa, as many others do from far and near. You're bound to be satisfied. Satisfaction doubly guaranteed. You're bound to be satisfied. One visit is all you need. Teresa works her power to satisfy. By the way, this is a tiny little flyer There's hanging up on the subway. So much writing so on much that flyer. To read on this. Teresa works her power. To a graphic designer. There's a lot of people who will work for cheap or free. Are you telling me that this wasn't graphically designed by a pro? I think that she should. This looks like pro work to me. Teresa, don't give up on graphic design. Uh, Teresa works her power to satisfy each and every one. She reveals. More than on a bottle of Dr. Bronner's. (laughs) She reveals to you all of your hidden secrets, evil eyes, and lurking dangers that may harm you. If you really want something done about the matter, here is the woman who will do it for you in a hurry. Don't tell her. Let her tell you. See her in the morning. Sassy there. Be happy at night. This woman does what others claim to do. And then she gives her phone number and her address. Uh, and says which trains to take to come see her, and it says at the bottom, don't let distance keep you away. Well, I'm not going to let distance keep me away. I think what we what we ought is, I mean, it says right here, she'll tell me what I need before I fucking utter a word. Yeah, don't, don't say anything. I think what we should do is call her up and not say anything. Not utter a damn word. You can catch more at podawful.com, iTunes, and Stitcher, of course. I'm not quite sure what the main thrust of the Salty Language podcast is about, other than the fact that they are clearly warning us up top they used Salty Language. I think it's a shoot-in-the-shit type of show, with hosts Brian, Tony, and Tate doing just that. Now, here's a chunk that spins off from reading a news item, so that should be a clue as to what they do on the show, right? Florida man killed after dog steps on gas pedal. We've all seen tragic headlines about a man being killed by his best friend, but this sad story out of the Sunshine State is truly bizarre, aren't they all? James Campbell died after his dog jumped into his van and landed on the vehicle's accelerator. A real comedy of errors. Yeah, right? The AP reports that Campbell, 68, has just returned um, home with Iris Fortner, 56, who had backed up to the driveway of their Florida panhandle home. Weird. Yeah. Campbell got out and stepped behind the vehicle to open the gate, and Fortner opened the driver's side door to see where he was. That's when her boxer bulldog reportedly jumped in, landing on the vehicle's accelerator. Wait, he left it in gear? Yeah. Ugh. The dog didn't like him taking his spot in the bed. The Florida Highway Patrol (laughs) said Fortner tried to stop the van, but Campbell was already trapped underneath it. He was pronounced dead at the scene by officials. I think Campbell stopped the van. Yeah, right? Mm. In separate but related news, a New Zealand rescue dog trainer has been teaching dogs to drive cars. Captivated millions of viewers last month. In that case, the dogs were strapped into modified car seats or sets. 
and were trained to step on the accelerator and brake pedals when issued specific commands. Wild. Oh my god, the picture's awesome. <laughs> of what? Where? Of, for the dogs driving. Oh, okay. I was like, there's no picture here. Mm. We're all clicking now. Oh, that is great. That dog just like he just pulled up. Like, like what's, what's up? up? Yeah. What's up? Like, ladies? ladies. I'm sorry, bitches. Yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. Good call. Good call. Wow. Where are my bitches at? Oh. So uh, Tate, you might want to watch it if you get out of your car, so your dog doesn't jump in and uh, run you over. Well, I wouldn't leave it in here. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Come on. No. No. All right. Good enough. What the? I'm just wondering, like, why? Mm. Why did they just take her word for it? How would they know? (laughs) Yeah. Why aren't they investigating her for murder? (laughs) Yeah. You you know why? My dog did it. Okay. The cops showed up and looked at the dog, and dogs always have that guilty look when they did something bad. That's all you need. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like if my dog gets in the garbage, I can look at her, and she's like, you know. Well, it's usually because you hit her with the shoe first. Well, it's true. By shoe, you mean work boot. (laughs) I kid. You throw it at her. Uh, (laughs) Violently. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, when I first read the story, that was the first thing I thought of, too, Tate, was that it is interesting that they're just like, eh, mishap, no big deal, moving on. It's probably because he's 68. They're like, eh, he was going to die anyways. It's true. Well, but, it I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Who gets out of the car to open a gate but doesn't put it in park? Um, This guy who decided to become a wheel chalk. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All righty, then. You can get yourself another helping at saltylanguage.com, iTunes, Stitcher. They are also part of the Pod Gods Network, so find them there as well. The Red Mud and Rolling Hills podcast is a sister-brother show with Dawn Smith and her bro, Bo Tate, being real, getting real, from the foothills of South Carolina. Their website proclaims that they use swear words as sentence enhancers, and that there is no shortage of them in this clip that we have, where they're talking about footwear and handsomeness. I'm a bit cheap when it comes to certain items. And most of the time... With the, job, with the job and the lifestyle that I lead, I'm standing in mud, blood, or shit. Oh, that sounds like you're a serial killer. <laughs> 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 or slaughterhouse workers. Oh, yeah. But I'm saying, it's never I got, anything you know, where you want a $150 pair of deer skin shoes to be in them. I don't want a $150 pair I have of deer skin shoes ever. I have worn my $150 pair of deer skin shoes Three times since I bought them. Let me just tell you, though, I have a, a lot of my daddy in me. And remember when daddy... That's what he said. No, that's just hey, wrong. Hey, you're nasty. Oh, wrong with you? No, no, daddy no, said the best no, part of no, us no, no, was no. down mama's leg, and we've already had the conversation with mama about that, trust me. And she wasn't happy we said you. that. I'm she was not happy we I'm said that. I know. But anyway, we had, Daddy used to go, he run the road, we, we said that before, he's a truck driver, and he used to By the way, we love Daddy a lot. And he has, but he's a little man, and he has little feet, and that means you, he couldn't buy shoes in the adult male section. Daddy wears, if he was to get an adult man size shoe, it would be four and a half. 
you have make to that order, shoe for a dog. You have to order size five for men because they yes. usually only have five six on size six right. on the shift. Me and my daddy have the same exact size foot. So anyway, so he would go out to Texas and some some place in Texas that I never been to and have his shoes handmade. Boots. Boots. By the way. Not shoes. Boots. Whatever. Boots. Handmade. If he was here, he would correct you. I'm just saying. Boys might do something good in a pair of shoes, but they put some boots on, they be fucking gods. What you been smoking? Nothing. I'll be taking pros that day. I guess. I just. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying cowboy boots aren't sexy. They're just. It's not my thing. It's not my thing. But oh, especially oh, I boots. Now I like a man in a good pair of boots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. We're finding out the dog is a minority boots. of this crowd. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, but don't already see she geeky. Well, see, I'm glad Dawn's the way she is because I don't like boots. We got called nerds when we went out with Jim's friends. Okay. You didn't realize this? No, no, no. I mean, I just ain't never really been called a nerd straight to my face. For one thing, I used to be extra good looking, so people ignored used the fact that. To be. Yeah, used to be. You're still. Thank you, baby. But uh, I used to be extra good looking, so people ignored the nerd. Because when you're hot, it don't matter. Everybody loves you. But But since you're not hot anymore. Yeah, they notice the nerd a lot more. It comes out. I wear it like a badge. See, here's the thing about, I have noticed about being a man. Right. And I know that we might get some bad, some negative back feed from this particular statement, but. Or feedback, whichever. What did I say? Backfeed. <laughs> the highest house, house might be talking. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. As a man, I have not gotten worse looking. Men don't usually. Sometimes they well, do. Oh, yeah. It's hard. There's it's a man hard that for to get worse looking than <laughs> This comes from a man that's pointed <laughs> on three sides of his face. Pointed. What's that? Two mean? big ears and a big nose. Oh. oh. <laughs> Easy steering, baby. Easy steering. <laughs> you remember what I told you a joke about the Volkswagen? Yes, I do. That's yeah. a good joke. It is a good joke. It is a good joke. By the way, it goes like this. Jim, I saw something the other day that made me think about you. And he says, what is that? I say, a Volkswagen from behind with both doors open. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Southern Fried Podcast can be found at redmudcast.libsyn.com and uh, the Red Mud and Rolling Hills Podcast is also available on iTunes, of course. That brings us to our Burst O Durst, our weekly visit with uh, political comedian Will Durst, or as we like to think of him, our ambassador to the middle. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about the recently resigned Pope. And it doesn't matter who you are, that's always going to be at the top of your resume. Picking a new bishop of Rome is guaranteed to throw the Catholic Church into a frenzy of hyperdrive, which for them means accelerating all the way past erosion right up to snail's pace. Although the numbering got a bit sketchy during the Dark Ages, it's generally agreed that Pope Benedict XVI was the 265th Pope and the first to resign since Gregory XII stepped down in July of 1415 to head off on a hot weekend with his brother-in-law's masseuse's blacksmith's son in Sardinia. 
The Vatican announced the former pope will henceforth be known as Pontiff Emeritus, since he no longer is Benedict, and nobody really expects the former member of Hitler Youth to answer to Hey Ratzinger anymore. Joseph claims the only reason he joined the baby Nazis was because he was forced to do it while young, but never really bought into the ideology, which is totally understandable since a lot of us have the same relationship with the Catholic Church. The College of Cardinals say the past post-pontiff still gets to stay at the Vatican, which could prove to be a bit intimidating should the former vicar of Christ ever decide to step out on a date in the future. I mean, it's one thing to have someone's parents hanging around, but 300 guys in dresses chanting and praying 24 hours a day? Less welcome than a tornado in a trailer court. The big question is, what does he do now? Write a book? Become spokesman for a line of red loafers? Perhaps consult for another faith, although he's probably got a non-compete. Maybe he can make the rounds of the interview circuit. So, Joe, how does it feel to be fallible again? For Succotash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. There's a lot more Durst to be had at willdurst.com. He's also tweeting frequently at Will Durst on Twitter. That is going to wrap it up for Epi 52 of Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. As always, if there is a favorite podcast that you enjoy... Uh, but you've not heard us feature on the show before. We love finding out about new comedy podcasts, so please drop me a line at mark, M-A-R-C, at succotashshow.com. Feel free to call into our Succotash hotline and leave us a message, either about a comedy podcast or about anything else you might have on your mind. That number is area code 818-921-7212. If uh, you if your call has any sort of a humorous bent to it, I'll play it on the show. Or if it's just a request or a question or anything else. And if you are a comedy podcaster and would like us to feature a clip from your show, feel free to send me a three to five minute MP3 or wave clip to clips at succotashshow.com. Please like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, thumbs up us on Stitcher, and retweet us as often as you like at succotashshow.com on Twitter. I think we've done enough damage. Until next time, please pass the Succotash. You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants. And imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com or at Suckatash Show on iTunes and even at Suckatash Show on your smartphone Stitcher app. Follow Suckatash on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Friend Suckatash on Facebook. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com or just pick up that phone and give Suckatash a ring at 1-818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino at Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please... Pass the succotash. Okay, to start, we're going to take 60 mils of oil, which is a quarter of a cup, roughly around that. And we're just going to heat that up in a saucepan. And then we're going to take 100 grams of onion that's been finely chopped. And we're just going to chuck that in and 
alongside with 100 grams of capsicum. It can be either green or red. I'm just using red for colour purposes. And the spices as well. So we've got half a teaspoon of um, curry powder and of the, the chilli flakes, one teaspoon of salt and a quarter teaspoon of black pepper. They go in two. And we're just going to mix all that around um, and just fry it until the onions start to brown. Okay, so when that is browned off, the next step is to add the beans. I'm using white beans. Now, it says if you're using dry beans to add a litre of boiling water here and to let it simmer for about 80 to 90 minutes. But I'm using canned ones because that's all the ones I could find today. Um, so they're probably partially cooked or nearly fully cooked. So we're only going to just like mix them through and just let them cook for probably about 20 minutes or so just to heat them up. So just keep checking it. Okay, and once they're cooked enough, we're going to take about 400 grams of corn kernels, throw them in there, stir them around gently, and then we're just going to cook those for probably uh, about another 10 minutes just to heat them through. Okay, when that's done, remove any excess liquid and then put a tablespoon of butter through it. We're just going to put that through until the butter all melts in it, and then it'll be ready to serve. Okay, just serve it up in a bowl um, and have it as an accompaniment to whatever you like or just eat it by itself. And there you have it, succotash, the national dish of Equatorial Guinea.